So does anybody know who's locked up? Is that what that says? I didn't know what that said. No. They locked me up. Is it a song? It could be if you if you loop it and like you auto tune it and put some beats over it. Oh, maybe you should play it again. Okay, let's play it again. That's a pretty uh, weird thing there, huh? What would you call that? I would say maybe somebody was locked up. I would call it an EVP. Yeah, me too. Oh, EVPs. EVP. Okay. That's EVP. our show? It's it's a show tonight. All to right. continue our trend of spooky Halloween, Halloween-y episodes. I so like when we trend. If it's Tuesday at 8, what are you doing? We're trending with Parababble. That's right. You're listening to Parababble on Beyond Borders Paranormal Radio. Yes. Yep. You could find us on Twitter at Parababble or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Parababble. Or you could email us at parababblepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Have we gotten an email yet? Uh, no. Oh, well. I sent one the other day, but no one responded. I don't oh. know if anybody was there. That's because we knew it was you. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> I tried it, you know. But I'm excited for this show. This show should be, like, really cool. Because yeah, people always want to hear stuff. We don't, we don't always really want to hear EVPs. So for those of you that might not know out there, um, I know we've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, but Rob, Jeff, and I all belong to a paranormal research group out of Buffalo, New York, prone, paranormal researchers of Niagara and Erie. And like they were just saying, one of the things that people always want to hear is the ghost voices. That's proof. Proof in the pudding. Yeah. So we're going to be playing all kinds of EVPs tonight. We're going to be playing noises, voices, all kinds of interesting and cool things that we've collected throughout the many, many years that we've been doing this. But before we get started about listening to any more of those cool EVPs, we should probably talk about what an EVP is. So what does EVP stand for? Oh, Rob's got his hand oh, up. I couldn't get mine up quick enough. Yeah, that's right. It was like Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. What is <laughs> electronic voice phenomenon? That's right. Electronic voice phenomenon, a.k.a. EVP. So for most paranormal investigators, this is pretty much one of the holy grails of being able to capture some form of tangible activity of spirits, ghosts, apparitions yeah, because if we don't get video and pictures guess what we're going home going please let there be something on the recorder please let there be something on the recorder <laughs> i always tell people that the most common piece of evidence you'll catch is an evp yep even though those are hard to get too it's not like even though they're the most common they're still not easy to come by Nothing yeah else. it's really um it's actually really cool to get evps because i feel like it is probably the one thing that is hard to debunk you know, like if you can pretty much know that it's not one of us talking or something like that, it makes it a lot easier to um, prove that there is something actually going on. So basically, if you sit in a room with a recorder by yourself and don't use the buddy system when you're on a ghost hunt, it'll probably be true if you can show recording, right? Probably. Yeah, and that's the, the reason why... One of the reasons why we don't share our EVPs typically, like we don't throw them up on our Facebook page and be like, hey, check out this cool ghost recording we just caught, is because really, even though we know that we can trust each other, anybody else who's listening to this, they don't know us. I don't expect them to trust us. Like, they don't know where that came from. They don't know the circumstances behind how we caught something. They don't know if someone there could have faked it, which is the same reason why I can't trust any EVPs from someone that... I don't so, trust her necessarily, no, personally. I don't expect them to trust our evidence. Uh, our evidence is typically for us and for the people who we're investigating for. So what you're saying is basically when I go on these different sites and stuff and I hear EVPs that I shouldn't trust them? No. They yeah. could be totally legitimate, but... But we're not in that scenario. We're not there when it happens, so we yeah, can't Yeah, exactly. Scientifically speaking, it. which is the whole catch-22, I guess, with paranormal research is that yeah these evps are great and all but there's no way to scientifically say yep this is a voice of a ghost there's no way to prove it you come up with the best evp in the world but it's not interference from a baby monitor oh, maybe or your cordless phone neighbor's conversation yep 
or a transmission that's a good one from outer space or your tv producer wanting to get you better ratings oh (laughs) stink yeah so those are some of the common things that people debunk evps right off the bat as though oh it's interference from because i don't know if you guys remember well rob probably doesn't remember but when people used to have cordless phones I remember cordless phones. <laughs> With like the antennas on top. I see a theme here with each oh. show. His age is going to come out one day. With the antennas? I well, up, I Rob's know, but... age and demons. Those are the two reoccurring themes for <laughs> all of you that haven't been listening to Parababble at Tuesdays at 8 o'clock for an extended period of time yet. But for those of us that do remember, um, that's kind of one of the things that you know yeah. people always said because i don't know if you ever picked up the phone but you could change the channel i was just gonna say you could change the channel go to a b whatever yeah and sometimes you would be able to pick up the conversation your neighbor was having through the cordless phone yep martha next door okay don't actually, cross the stream i actually don't remember any of this well, of course you don't see i don't know why he gives us a hard time like he's gonna make a, the, the argument that he does I mean, remember, it's okay to defend doesn't. your your position we get it it's okay we, we do get it this is why we're educating you about these things yes so for those of you that are on the younger side that might not remember those things. I'm old. That's showing our age, though. So. Yeah, but we're not even that old, which is <laughs> really know. crazy. Um, you know, but th- those are some of the theories that it's either a baby monitor, you know, you're picking up somebody's cell phone conversation or cordless phone conversation through the baby monitor and you're getting these EVPs, or it's some kind of, you know, cross contamination from something else. You know, the recorders are getting better and better. So you're able to mm-hmm. hear more and more than you ever were before. Yep. That can sometimes be a hindrance. It can be. Um, and it's kind of funny the way that you're hearing this show right now. It's off of a recorder that we use. That's full of spirits. Yeah. <laughs> we're sending them through the wire. Yeah, a Zoom recorder. So uh, I was just going to say, for those of, of uh, the people out there that don't know or maybe you're looking to get into ghost hunting... Um, do they have to go out and buy a $500 recorder? Oh, can I answer that? Yeah. Well, of course, if you want, I would say yes, if you had the money, but no, <laughs> no, you don't. no. And Rob and I would both <laughs> say absolutely not. A $500 recorder is not necessarily going to get you anything better than a $50 recorder would. Mine was 35. Yeah. Do I still count? Yeah. 35. All right. I'm if I had the money, I'd buy a $500 recorder, but it wouldn't be for investigating. It would be for this. I have one that has a cassette. The micro cassette that I can record off of on actual analog. Does it have a tape in it still? Yes, gotta, it does. You know, actually, one of my first uh, EVPs, I was going to use that, and I ended up using my camera. That's a whole other story. I remember cassette tapes for the record. Thanks. Okay. How old were you? One. When you remember those? Like a little kid. <laughs> like really young. Still have underoos. Did you ever have a mixtape? No. Did you ever make a mixtape? They were on CDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done talking about that. Your boombox. So, getting back to uh, our really super cool EVP session. So, we just said that you don't have to buy a really expensive recorder. But what is the one thing that people do need to know if they're going to go out and buy a recorder for using, you know, to try to catch EVPs? Um, well, the most important thing, and it's pretty standard now uh so but it's still something you got to watch out for is just to make sure that it's usb compatible make sure that you can plug it into a usb port on your computer or um if it has an sd card you can take the sd card out and plug it into a computer as well because if you go on a ghost hunt and you record four hours of audio you listen back on your recorder with your headphones and you catch an evp two hours and 34 minutes in you're going to want to put that uh, whole chunk of audio into your computer so that you could isolate it and cut out just a few seconds that the EVP likely shows up in rather than having to sift through that two hours and 34 minutes every time you want to play that EVP for someone. And if you don't have a SD card or a USB port and you catch something, how do you present that to a client? You can't. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> I would walk in there and say, hey, we caught something. Here's Except, my recorder. Are you here? <laughs> so those are all kinds of uh, things to think about. Now, if somebody wanted some really good in-depth information on digital recorders and EVPs, Rob, where's a good source to go and get that information from? 
Um, well, there's this book I found. Uh, it's it's okay. Um, I don't really care for the author that much, but he has some pretty good points in here. Um, there's a whole chapter about digital voice recorders. In fact, um, the book is called Modern Technology and Paranormal Research. And who authored it? Uh, some guy named Rob Galito. <laughs> and um, like I said, I don't, I don't care for the author that much, but it's, it's pretty good information here. He talks about, you know, where you can get recorders, what kind of recorders to get. We just kind of touched on that anyway. What to look for for recorders. Uh, there's even specific examples uh, and screenshots of how to plug that uh, EVP file into your computer and isolate any EVPs that you catch. And if somebody wanted to get a hold of a copy of this book, how would they do that? Oh, they can go on Amazon.com or they can even go on eBay and find a little store called the Paratech Store. Oh, can you tell us a little more about the Paratech Store? The Paratech Store is an eBay store front uh, that sells various paranormal and metaphysical goods, uh, including paranormal research. I mean, oops, I totally got the name of my own damn book wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> modern technology and paranormal research. Um, if you get it on there, you can even get a signed copy. I don't know why you'd want one signed, but you can get one signed. Uh, there's also this book uh, called A Guide for Hunting Ghosts. I don't think that's a that's, very good book either. It's really good to get if you want to know like the basics of like everything, not just technology involved in the paranormal by an author named Allison Smith. I don't uh, know yeah. who that is at all. Yeah, you can even get equipment and other stuff on this eBay page. Paratech Store, just search for it on eBay. Or just go to paratechstore.com. It'll redirect you right to the eBay page itself. Yeah, so those are some good sources for some of the stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Yep. And some shameless plugs. Yes. Horribly shameless plugs. I don't care. Even though we insulted ourselves all the way through it. <laughs> it's hard for us to take compliments. Well, I don't know many, if anyone knows this about well, us. This seven or eight episodes in and this is the first time we're mentioning that we even wrote a book. That is true. So, yeah. You gotta give us a little bit right. on that. You yeah. guys waited. You didn't jump yeah. out with the books right in the first episode. Like, hey, this is episode one of Parabetal. Buy this. books. Go buy them. <laughs> End of show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um... If you go and you check into any of that stuff, or if you have questions about any of the stuff that Rob is just talking about, you can um, hit us up on Twitter at Parababble or on Facebook slash Parababble, or you can even email us at our email address, parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Check that out. So even more ways to get a hold of us. But enough talking, right? We want to hear more EVPs, don't we? Yeah, so, yeah. Isn't that yeah. what everybody wants? I think Absolutely. so. People are probably like, why do these people shut up and stop plugging things and play the ghosts? <laughs> this is the plug show. Yeah. So which are we going to listen to next? And for those people that are listening, um, just kind of bear with us because we're actually sifting through our EVP library, which there's, there's houses a lot. a lot. How many are there? I could tell you. There's, there's 80 in here from all the various locations that we've... Now, that might seem like a lot, but how long have we been doing this? Like eight. Yeah. Nine, so, eight ten years. a year? Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually pretty good, I guess. And some of these aren't, like, great. They're not all Class A EVPs, but they're things that were noteworthy, at least. So, which one are we going to listen to? Um... And while you're scrolling through that, let's just touch on a little bit about the class the class ratings for, AV, for EVPs. So... A class A EVP basically means that you can hear it without any kind of additional headphones or anything like that, and that everyone agrees on it. So think about that. Most people watch ghost hunting shows, and as the EVP is playing, a nice little caption will come up on the bottom of the screen that tells you what that EVP says. So the problem with that is that before you even get a chance to process what you're listening to, your brain has already read what that says, and that's now what you're going to hear. We don't do it that way. For us, it's all about trying to disprove, prove that there's actual paranormal activity taking place. Um, if you guys have been following us, you've heard us talk about this from time to time. So the one thing that we do is we all review our, our evidence individually, and if we think we have something, we basically send it to each other, we don't title it. We don't say anything except, hey, I think I might have something. What do you think it says? 
So for us to be able to consider it a class A EVP, we have to all agree on what it says. You can't have any question about it. So class B, along those same lines, would be again something that we're all agreeing on, but maybe this time we might need headphones to clearly hear what it says. Class C, obviously the quality gets a little worse, might be a little bit harder to hear, and I can honestly tell you that we never present anything to a client that's class C. Uh, we don't even go any more classes after that because usually we just toss them out. Yep, it's garbage then. So we always try to make sure that we're at whatever we're presenting to our clients is the best possible quality so that we can stand behind it. There's no question about it. Um, there's a little more leeway with some of the clients that we have that we've been working with for years and years because they know us, they trust us. If it's maybe a class B, we would still show it to them, uh, but we would let them know up front that this is not the best quality. We're not really sure that this is what's happening here. You kind of make the decision up for yourself one way or the other. Um, and I also want to put out there that every EVP that we're going to be playing tonight, we have permission to use. Uh, we make it a point to talk to our clients and make sure that we get something in writing from them. They have to check off yes or no that we can release uh, the name of the place and what we got from them. And if they say no, we don't tell you where it came from and we don't use it publicly. So just some things as we kind of move forward here. ABC. Yep. So I, I brought up a series of a couple EVPs that I like to play. Um, I actually wrote about the examples of these in the book. Shameless plug number two. Um, Are we keeping track tonight? Yes. Okay. But this uh, <laughs> this place, it's the Knickerbocker Hotel in oh, Linesville, Pennsylvania. One of my favorite places yes, to go. Mine as well. Middle of nowhere. Literally. One light, two lights in the town. Yep. But um, yeah, I use them as an example for EVPs in my book because there's some really great and interesting ones. Plug number three. Is that plug number three? <laughs> I got to four because Allison had a plug in there too. Was well, a, you plugged Allison. That, so technically, it's a plug. It's yeah, we're at that four was, plugs. That was the continuation of plug number two, though. <laughs> because, right, we don't have the rules on plugs, yeah. but we'll have that for the next episode. The people just want to hear the EVP, though. Right. But there's some that? really awesome ones from the Knickerbocker, and I'm going to play one right now. One of our favorites. So hopefully you guys were able to discern what that says. Um, we think it says... Love them shoes. Yep. So this is a good example of like a residual haunt. Um, we kind of joked around when we got this that, you know, we're not really sure whose shoes they were or what the situation was because none of us were wearing real snazzy jazzy shoes at the time. Um, but there is some history at the Nick that at one point they held social dances there. Miss um, Peg Knickerbocker that we love, 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 um, also has all of the hotels set up with all kinds of really interesting things. Yep. Some of those being dresses and shoes. So it could potentially be something that's intelligent, maybe trying to interact with us Saying and pointing something out. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, or it could be something that's residual about, you know, maybe there was a dance there or something else that took place and it's just kind of coming through but we weren't asking anything directly to this um, spirit at the time this was just caught on an EVP on a recorder by itself with no one around so, so give it another listen yeah so now that we've kind of said what we think it says I'll play it one more time for everybody to hear so mm -hmm. that's what we would consider to be class A you can hear it it's distinct. You don't have to try to um, figure out what it says. Uh, the other thing to know about the EVPs that we're listening to tonight is that we don't change them in any way, shape, or form. We don't filter them. We don't um, turn the volume up. We don't do anything. So the way you're hearing it is the same way it came directly off the recorder. Yeah, with all of the filters and stuff that come with all these audio editing programs, I mean, you hear, you see it on the TV shows a lot. They like enhanced audio. They've run it through all these filters to like remove any noise and all so this they can other clear stuff. It up so you can hear yeah, what you're listening for. And you, you can't really 
well, I can't really trust it then because if they could do that, you know, what else could they do to it? And the answer is they could do anything to it. That How they about want. they could make one with the software out they there could, too? Absolutely. And uh, like I've never really dug into that side of the software until we started recording the show. I, I went back and learned how to clean up the audio just to remove like background noises for the show. I would never do that for any kind of EVPs that we had, but I saw how easy it was to do that. And it's like, it took me literally less than two minutes to figure out how to remove a background noise on one of our shows. And if you could do that, you could very easily add things in. You could very easily distort things. You could uh, make something sound way crazier than it really is. You could add something in there that wasn't there to begin with very, very easily. So that's why we make a very strong point that we do not touch any of the audio and any of the EVPs that we played tonight are completely untouched there as they were exactly how we pulled them off the recorder. So it's natural and raw. Yep. That's the way that we like to listen to them because that's how they were intended to sound. So Um, if anybody gets a chance to uh, ever go out to the Knickerbocker in Linesville, PA, um, it's a really great building just to even take a walk around and uh, check it out. So. Yeah, hopefully one day we could do an episode from there. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Before you jump into the next EVP, does anyone know where and when the first EVP came around? The very first EVP? Yes. Ever? Ever. I have no idea. I don't know. Give a date. Well, the earliest recordings would be like from the early 1900s. Okay, are you looking at my notes? No, I just know that from uh, I know that from uh, putting together our MP3 disc of uh, old timey music that we use on investigations for Singapore theory. Well, I did a little research into it, and what I came up with, and obviously there's probably ones that happened before this, but the first real documented one um, they're claiming came around in 1959. That would be the first EVP recording. It came from a Frederick Jurgensen. Not the lotion. Jurgensen, Swedish guy. Um, he was a film producer, and he loved taping birds and their songs, and he tried to listen to them. So with his EVPs, he started doing this, and one day when he was playing it back, in between the bird noises, he heard his mommy talking to him from the other side. So <clears throat> he really didn't know what to do with this so he went back and played it again and come to find out in between the bird songs she was speaking to him in German and the first the first thing he caught off of this was Frederick you are being watched Fidel my little Fidel can you hear me and that was his first voices that he heard from the other side um, through the EVP um, later years went on he kept thinking about this and he's made more of them down the road and he just had this, uh, he was convinced that he did something huge in the in the field. And he didn't know what it was, but he knew he was getting something. So he kind of went on and continued with another guy, um, Radov, Konstantin Radov, worked with Jurgensen, and they made over 100,000 recordings. And to validate it, he would have people that he didn't know come in, and they'd all sit down and listen. And they've listened to them all, and they wanted to know what the people were hearing. And that's how they validated their work. So eventually, these two got together in 68 and wrote a book, Breakthrough, an Amazing Experiment in Electronic Communication with the Dead. And you can get that book out there because they translated it into English in 1971. So, Frederick Jurgensen. Do a little work on him. 1959, that's, that's what they're telling us out there. See, I find that interesting because he wasn't looking for this in the first place. He was just minding his own business, trying to record some birds, and all of a sudden he's hearing his dead mother. Yeah, that's how it happens. Yeah. That's even in ghost hunts, right? Mm -hmm. You go out there, you're not expecting anything, and bam. Oh, what was that? Where did that come from? We don't know. Yeah, so Frederick started the ball rolling. Of course, there were some debates in here. Uh, Tesla was around there in the time. And, of course, there were some copyright patterns and a little bit of arguments going on. But eventually, that all went to the wayside. And Radoff and Jurgensen are, you know, geniuses of what they did, which was nothing. Well, that's because they probably didn't ask the same five paranormal EVP questions. Which are? All investigators ask. What is your name? (laughs) That's one. 
Are you a male or female? That's two. How long have you been dead? That's three. Oh, boy. There's more than three? I was going to say, how did you die? Oh, how did you die? That would be four. How did you die? What's is the there, fifth one? Is there anybody here? There you go. <laughs> Those are the top five questions. <laughs> I would say, is there anybody here is the number one. Is there anybody in the room with us right now that wants to communicate? Uh, Go up to the red light. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, watch. We're going to catch a real EVP on this recording. You know, right we're going to have to listen to that. I know. I don't it's, think we've ever listened to that. It's possible. So what do we got here next? Uh, I got two more from the Knickerbocker that I'd like to play because they're really cool. Okay. So here's another one. Can I get a key to it? a green light? So, of course, when you're listening to these, it might be a little weird because you're hearing the investigators ask questions. Um, and for that one in particular, there's two investigators. You're listening for that different kind of voice. You want to play it again? Yeah. Can I get a key to it? So hopefully you were able to catch it. But it says right in between the two investigators you hear the first one say can you come by the k2 meter please then you hear a voice that says very quickly and breathy no i can't come i want to know why they can't come i don't know they weren't really specific kind of interesting though mm -hmm. so now you have direct contact so you're asking a question, you're getting a response that makes sense to the content of what you're asking. Yeah. So that's obviously a very intelligent that's right. response. So should we play it one more time now that we one more time. explain that to everybody? Explain it. Can I Okay. That is kind of cool. Yeah. Every once in a while you get one of those. Yeah. What's even better is when you're recording, you actually hear it with your own ears audibly. Then you know to run. Yeah. <laughs> towards it. Towards it. <laughs> so what's the other one you got from there? Oh, yeah. This one's really, really cool. Yeah, I wanted to play this one because it's interesting. So we're not going to say anything. So um, you hear footsteps, which are not the EVP. Uh, maybe we'll play you some examples of sounds later so you can kind of hear those. Um, but what you're hearing is one of our investigators, Cheryl, she's actually walking down a hallway to check on a door. And you hear her say, nope, still closed. But what you're listening for is that other really strange noise that happens. So let's see if you can pick it out and figure out what it is. Ooh, I know. Oh, Jeff's got his hand up. It's a door creaking. See, that's what it sounds like. And that's why I was talking about how, you know, you can't trust anybody else's EVPs. Because, you know, no matter what we say to everybody here, they can still say, oh, it was just a door creaking. But we know amongst ourselves that wasn't the case. Because after we caught this, we exhaustively went through the Knickerbocker on not just the second floor, I believe, where this was caught, but every single floor in that building open and door open and closed every single door in that place about 50 times trying to recreate the sound and you hear cheryl say oh it's still closed yep so the door wasn't open it was closed hmm. so so we, should should we tell them yeah i think so uh we don't think this is an actual person this is why this is a trick evp we think it's a ghost cat and we think that because when we first got this EVP, we had no idea what to make of it. We were like, this is the craziest thing we've ever heard. We have no idea what this even is. It kind of sounds like a cat, but there's no cats there. It was one of the first times we'd ever investigated the Knickerbocker. It was the first time we ever investigated at the Knickerbocker. So when we... November 9th, 2009. Wow. That's what the date on this file is. That's a really long time ago. Yeah. So when we played this EVP for Peg Knickerbocker and said, listen, we just want you to hear this because we've never heard anything like this. We want to know if you've heard anything like this from other investigators that have been here. 
And when she listened to it for the first time, she nearly flew up out of her chair and went, I know exactly what that is. And we were shocked because we were not expecting that reaction at all. But what she did was go upstairs and get a picture that another paranormal group had taken. And it is probably one of the coolest pictures I've seen as far as paranormal pictures go. And it is a picture of a ghost cat curled up in a chair. Transparent cat in a chair. So now we have a picture from another group, not us, an independent group, that was able to capture this ghost cat through picture. And now we have an EVP of something that sounds an awful lot like a cat. So to us, that was kind of like, okay. Verified. This, right. A little this bit makes sense what, a little bit yeah. now. Um, and still to this day, out of all the locations we've ever been in, we have never gotten an EVP that sounds like that ever again. Nope. Of every single time we go to the Knickerbocker now, we stop at the Dollar General right before you get into town, and we bring some kind of cat toy, catnip, yeah. uh, those little strings that they like to mm -hmm. hit. Yep. Shit like that. It's a routine stop for us because we know that there is a ghost cat. Yep. At least one. So I'll play it one more time so people could hear the ghost cat. And Cheryl didn't hear that. Nope. Nope. She didn't react to it. She just went about her business. Yep. It's amazing. Isn't yeah. it? It's really cool. So in some of the things that we were talking about, too, as far as, you know, EVP work goes, there are a couple of things to kind of think about. Um, you know, you have to make sure that whatever you're doing, you are documenting throughout the EVP session what's happening. Because a lot of times things that take place could totally be misinterpreted. So, for instance, if you're doing an EVP session and somebody makes a noise in their chair or bumps into something or their stomach growls which happens a lot it's not a demon folks uh. um it's always really important to document and say we call it tagging what those things are so that when you're going back and reviewing your evps you won't think that that's something that's paranormal and it's really hard sometimes because you might not get to your evidence till a couple of days after the investigation, you're not going to remember every single little thing that right. happened. If it doesn't stand out then. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to make sure that you're tagging things. And it's also really important to make sure that everyone in the room says their names ahead of time. You know, when you first start, I'm Allison. This is Jeff. This is Rob. So that way you get a cue of what everyone's voice sounds like. Right. So as you're going through and you're reviewing the evidence, um, you know, if it sounds like one of the people that you initially heard their voices or them talking, then you're going to know, okay, that's not paranormal. Yeah. We always say no whispering. Yeah, Don't oh, yeah, whisper. That's the number one rule. Do not whisper ever. Yep. And what does everybody do? They whisper. Uh, hey, do you, do you know, did you hear that? There really, there's a ghost. There's a ghost in the corner. Stop whispering. <laughs> but, then, but then when you go back a week later... And you didn't remember being in that room because it's 2 a.m. and you're freezing your ass off and you want to go home. You go, oh, my gosh, we got a ghost. Right. Even something as simple as somebody yawning yeah. know, can be misinterpreted. That's a big, that's a big yeah. throw off, too. You know, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I can't tell you how many times like I've gotten super excited about something like that and then just been like, oh, man, it's not paranormal. <sighs> was that an EVP? I think it's a ghost right after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was just Rob. Yeah. You get really used to... It takes a while. It's, it's weird at first to be like, oh, that was me just stubbing my toe on that chair. <laughs> or, oh, that was my stomach growling. But eventually you get really used to it. I remember there was one summer a few years ago where we were out investigating like every weekend, just about. And it got to the point where I was so used to tagging that I was tagging in my real life. I was like audibly saying... Like, oh, that was me bumping into that wall. That was me making that noise. It helps. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get in the habit of that. It's really important because otherwise you're not going to be able to use a lot of the stuff that you're, you know, think that you're getting and it's not going to be as effective. Um, I think another thing, too, when you're going through and you're doing EVPs is that you have to make sure that um, wherever you are, outside noises are being documented, too. You know, Car. Cars. 
people um, walking trains, by sometimes. Right, people outside. That's a yeah. huge one there. You know, I can't tell you how many times stuff like that has happened. And everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, well, of course we're going to know when we go back through and review everything that, you know, it's definitely, we, we know that that's noise outside. Right. But you don't always remember those things. And it can be really easily misinterpreted, especially voices from outside, because they kind of sound like that EVP quality of... By the time it travels through yeah, a wall or a window, it's it muffled like down. It's... You can just hear, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. oh, oh, no, that's someone walking outside. Because you got to remember, too, not every location that we go to or our paranormal investors go to, or investors, <laughs> investigators <laughs> go to. Um, we're not that kind of group. We're not out in the middle of the boondock somewhere just like with total silence. I mean, sometimes the most haunted places are like right in the middle or the heart of a city. Or in the Knickerbockers case, right across the street from a bar. On a Saturday night? The only bar, so if anybody's yeah, there, that's where they're going to be. So you can pick that up in the front half of their building. So it's very careful. you got to be very careful when uh, doing this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've been at the Knickerbocker before investigating on a Saturday night when it's been karaoke night across the street. So uh, Singing ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. So if you guys are uh, listening to any of this and you have questions about it, um, if you want more in-depth explanation about how to run an EVP session, what constitutes a good EVP, how to uh, take the information off of the recorder and be able to present it to a client, um, any of that kind of stuff, you can absolutely check out Rob's book. He's actually holding it up, Modern Technology and Paranormal Research. Um, or you can check out my book, A Fun. Guide for Ghost Hunting. Is that plug number four or five? I don't, oh, that was like two more. Jeff is keeping track. Yeah, but um, you can more. also just email us with questions. You know, reach out to us at, par at parababblepodcast at Gmail or through Facebook or through Twitter. Um, you know, we'd be more than willing to, you know, walk you through the process or answer any questions you might have, um, you know, because obviously we want you guys to feel comfortable doing these things. It doesn't take an expert to run an EVP session. There's just a couple of things that you have to be cautious of and then anybody can do it. Okay, so what if I break the, the paranormal rule of the buddy system and I take my recorder and I go run off and hang out in an elevator shaft and I record without talking, I just sit there and then I come back out and I listen to it later and I have uh, found some other stuff on there, voices or whatever, some type of phenomenon. Is that legit? I think it's just as legit as any other piece of evidence that we catch amongst the group. Uh, but like I said before... But who's verifying it? Well, we trust you. We we know where you ah. were at the time. We know that you know what you're doing, and you do it the same way that we do things. Because I've done that before, where I've gone off on my own and broken a buddy system room and recorded by myself. I never caught anything, but... But I'm saying, someone might say, oh, I caught yeah. this, I caught this. They come running out of right. the room. Well, it, it's... Rob has a good point. It goes back to trust. I mean, you have to feel that you can trust the people you're investigating with, that they're not going to fake anything. They're not trying to make a name for themselves. They keep their ego out of the process. You know, it's not Lots about egos. There's no I in team. You know, it's all about, you know, working together and trying to make sure that we conduct a good quality investigation. So I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, as long as you trust the people you're with. Now, if you and I are on a public ghost hunt, and I just meet you for the first time, and you go off in a corner and come back and tell me you have an EVP, I'm not believing you. <laughs> like, oh, this is my but don't we response. want to believe when we go hunting? No. You want to debunk, debunk, debunk. Okay. Right? Okay, Mulder. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting psyched for the show. Above all, we seek the truth. That's what it's about. So this next one that we're going to listen to is a really cool EVP. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything else about it except for the fact that it's pretty exceptional. Um, so see if you can figure out what you're listening to. And it's from the Buffalo History Museum. There you go. So in case you didn't catch it, we'll play it one more time, give you a chance. Now, I think the coolest thing about this EVP is that it's two distinct voices. So that's the first thing you should have got out of listening to it. So yep. one is clearly female, 
One is clearly male. And also the recorder was, I believe, in the basement area of the building by itself. There was It was left there, and we went and investigated another part of the building, probably up on the second floor. So there was nobody around at all. No investigators. So if you didn't figure it out, what do we think this says? It's a little hard to understand exactly. I mean, it's, it's interesting that it, it's very obvious that there's two voices. We think that the first voice is a female saying, what is for supper? And then there is a male voice that chimes in and says, hot rye. Okay. So when we first got this EVP, we were kind of blown away because first of all, it's very, very rare to get two voices interacting with each other. Yep. So we have this female come in and says, what's for supper? And then we have this male say hot rye. So two independent spirits speaking to each other, nobody else around. And at first we were like, that doesn't even make sense. But hot rye. You have to do your investigation. That's research. right. This after, is your... The after investigation research. So yes, what happens <laughs> when we did the research about this? Does it yeah. make sense? It kind of does. Uh, so we, we looked we looked into it and we found that hot rye could be one of a couple of things. Uh, the, it is a sandwich. Uh, and then the other thing is it was a popular whiskey drink in the 1960s, like back in the Mad Men era. But, and also to verify a little more to that, I have a set of diaries from my uh, original owners of the home. And that, even that went back to the 50s, 40s, that they would have their uh, rye, their whiskey in the evenings. And it, they documented everything they did. And as one of the things that jumped out at me also, so we had different independent, you know, pieces of evidence here saying, no, this is what's going on. So when you put that together, you kind of get a time frame of where this lady and this guy were speaking to each other for dinner. So it all kind of chimed together. But that's the other that's I think that's the other part, too. When you do the investigation and then you do the EVPs, you got to go back to the investigation. You really sometimes have to dig deeper because you don't know if they're giving you something or if you're just going on a wild goose chase. Yeah. Right. And people could say, well, you're in a historical museum. So how are you getting EVPs about supper and dinner? But what I think a lot of people don't understand, and we'll kind of delve into this more at another episode, but we talk about attachments and sometimes how spirits can be attached to items. And if you think about it in that context, then it makes sense because you're in a historical society museum that is full of artifacts of all different kinds of things that has potential for anything in there to have an attachment, to have some kind of residual energy, to have some kind of spirit attached to it. So it makes sense that you're going to get these strange kind of EVPs because you never know if it's related to maybe a new exhibit that came out, maybe a new artifact is out on display, maybe it's residual from a dinner party that was held at the Historical Society at some point. You don't really know what the context yeah. is. Yeah, you don't know. It could even have been two employees that were working there back then, residual energy from leftover, uh, leftover from back then. You and know? I do want to make a point to tell you guys that um, for those of you that kind of know a little bit about this stuff, the steps and the floors at the Buffalo Historical Society Museum are all made out of polished limestone. So anyone that you know does any kind of paranormal research, you know that certain stones, quartz, limestone, have properties to them that can almost act as a recorder. So that energy gets trapped there and it's stuck there. It's kind of like a residual thing that happens, like a record player. So there's a lot of potential for these things to be absorbed into that building and just kind of happen at random times. Could we go a step further before that building was there? Could there have been other property there or anything there or family that might have lived there? Because don't they always say it's land, uh, land, uh, land never forgets? Could it's... there have been a house there before the museum? And what you you have is the spirits are still you know, they're still there, even though you put a new structure around it. Well, it's possible, but that building specifically was built for the Pan, the Pan Am expedition in 1901. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been there. You're talking for you 1905, know, 1902. Well, over, extended well over 100 of years. History. And if it was the Pan Am, 
I mean, there was all other kinds of buildings in that area. There was all kinds of things going on. So it might not be directly related to the site. It could have been something passing through. We're not really I mean, sure. There, there are countless people that came in and out of that building over the years. It could have been residual energy from any of them. But it's probably one of the coolest EVPs because of the interaction between the two spirits. Yeah, it's really the only one that I know of that we have like that. So let's play it again now so everybody can get a listen. That is cool. Yeah. So we, we can we can say that we definitely know they want to know what was for dinner. So not not all EVPs are voice related, right? Right. Yep. Sometimes you get bangs, knocks, hums, things that you can't explain. You might not even hear this to your own ears, but they're coming up on your recorder. So that's right. another another yeah. side of the story. So maybe we can play an example or two of some noise that we've caught. I know that Lackawanna is yes. Lackawanna Public Library is notorious for the noises. Um, you know, we've investigated there so many times. We love that building. Um, Jen is great there, and eventually we'd like to have her on the podcast also. Um, but every single time we go there, we tend to get these strange EVPs of these kinds of like banging and rustling and noises Tapping. that happen that we don't hear with our own ears. I mean, we've been there so many times that we know the sounds of that building. We know when things are settling. We know when heat is kicking on. We know when AC is kicking on. Um, but we can't explain what these noises are. Yeah, one of the most bizarre audio files I've ever gotten was from there. I left my recorder in their museum room in the basement area for about an hour and a half by itself. And when I went back and listened to the file, I literally didn't know where to stop it, where to cut anything out, because the entire time there was bangs, there was noises, there was knocks, there was all sorts of commotion going on. I have no idea. It was super loud, too. It was ridiculous. To the point where I don't know how we didn't hear it during the night, and I don't know why we didn't hear any of it when we were in the actual room investigating afterwards, because it was nonstop. It just didn't let up. And it's telltale that you don't hear, hear us either. Yeah. So if we were in the vicinity of that area, you would hear us talking, you'd hear us moving around, those types of things, but this is just straight up strange noise. Yeah, it was noise for a straight and also, hour. And also with that place, the... Uh... You tend to pick up, it's kind of touching on what you're saying there, you pick up a lot of stuff when we just drop the recorder off in the other room. There's probably, I would say probably a lot of our evidence comes that way from there. You know, we'll be in one room going, hey, da -da -da, let's do a dance, let's do that, da -da 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 -da. and you get nothing, but you go back and home and listen to a couple hours of it, and the recorder that was sitting at the other side of the building, it's got all this stuff going on. You know, so and then we just, wish we were in that side of the building. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we chase things around from Absolutely. one end of the building exactly. to the opposite and just said, all right, enough. So here is an example of physical phenomenon. Tapping on the table. Not me. Who just tapped on Allison? Did you tap on the table? No, I tapped over here. Rob? I'm not even touching the table. Did anybody else hear that? Yeah. I thought it was somebody. Can you like please do that again louder? Three knocks. Yeah, it was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. What was that? Me saying boom, boom, boom. No, right after that. <laughs> so what you heard, we're going to play it again for you, but you're listening to that first little bit of audio that happens, and then you're going to hear a conversation between a lot of us investigators right afterwards. Tapping on the table? Not me. Who just tapped on Allison? Did you tap on the no, table? No, I tapped over here. Rob? I'm not even touching the table. Did anybody else hear that? Yeah, I thought it was somebody. Can Almost you like please three, do that again louder? Three knocks. Yeah, it was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. What was that? Me saying boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so it's really important, you know, again, that you trust the people that you're investigating with because you're in the dark, so there's potential for something mm -hmm. like that to happen. But... I mean, I would trust you guys with my life. There's no way I wouldn't trust you to 
say if you bumped into the table or you did something like that. So what's really cool about this is that everybody in the room heard it. It wasn't just something that the recorder picked up that nobody else could hear. I mean, it was loud enough for all of us to say, what the heck was that? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny because we, we just didn't, we just thought it was one of us. But one of the one of the better assets of this is we know the building. And if you guys out there are doing your ghost hunting and you have the opportunity to go back to a place repeatedly and you're in good with the owners and you, and you know you know how to get around all of that, that helps so much in the long run because knowing the noises, you can deduct a lot of that out or you could add in a lot. So make sure you, you know, are cognizant of that. Yeah, you really got to trust the people you're with. You got to know what everyone's intentions are all about. Um, you know, it's it's really, you got you to have those things in place. Otherwise, you're just investigating and you can't really trust yeah. anything that's happening. Like if you take, if you go down to Waverly or something, you know, how many times do you get a chance to go to Waverly? Not a lot because, you know, it's kind of an expensive trip, but you, you don't know all the sounds that are involved in that building. But in your hometown and say you go to the local funeral home or whatever it is, you know that place inside out. You know what you're looking for and you could probably pinpoint it with even just walking in not using a recorder. So so some people um, use hack shacks when they you know do their EVP work too. And I mean, I think that we probably have enough to delve into a whole entire show on that. So, you know, we're not going to touch too much on it tonight. Um, maybe we'll end with just an example of a hack shack so that you can kind of hear what the sound of it is. But um, it's a technique that we use a lot on investigations. And I think the history of how to make a hack shack, what it is, how it works, all those things are really kind of interesting. So I think at some point we'll do a show just on the hack. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, and maybe a... talk about the spirit box and, you know, Frank Gumption and some other things that, you know, have come out of that whole thing. Um, yeah. But we kind of we wanted to at least give you one example of it because it is a really interesting phenomenon. It's it kind of borders on is it an EVP? Is it not an EVP? I mean, technically it is because you're recording a voice. But it's a live. You're getting a live. Yeah. But it's it's a live you know interaction. It, yeah, it's a little more controversial too because you can't really explain where or how spirits the, might be communicating. The frequencies are always changing. Or how the ghosts. Yeah. The ghosts are. And I just, radios. I want to caution everyone too, because I know that people say, oh, I won't run an EVP session in my house because that's going to bring spirits in. Or I don't want to do EVPs in general because that's asking for trouble. Um, you know, stuff like that. I, I just want to say that, you know, we've been doing this for many years. We've been many places. I have never once had an EVP that has told me to get the heck out, that has threatened to harm me, that has, um, you know, scared me that has done anything like that. And I just, you know, want people to be aware that, you know, people say, oh, you know, we get these EVPs and it's a demon um, and it tells me to get out and it, it doesn't want me here and, and those types of things. It's always a demon. It's always a demon. It's a demon and starter. Like anything else in paranormal investigating, there's some level of responsibility you need to have with using equipment. Um, you know, you need to be, you know, aware of your surroundings and what's going on, but, I don't want anyone to be afraid of trying to do EVP work because I do think it's a very important part of investigating. Um, there's a technique to it, but it's easy. Anyone it's can do it. It's a very easy technique. I mean, that, if anything, we walk into rooms now, what do we carry with us? Flashlight, recorder, uh, and us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our, our four camera uh, reel system has gone to a camera the size of a cell phone <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's amazing so knowing the technique and knowing ghost hunting it kind of just it all comes together but like you said the, the coming in with the recorder is a pretty easy way to start off if you're just curious you know yeah and, that's all you need to start with yep have a keen ear and kind of roll with it and it doesn't have to be expensive like don't get caught up in the you know i need the best possible piece of audio equipment out there it can be something very simple and i would even suggest that you start with something simple first because it actually is harder to hear evps when you have a recorder that's maybe not the super best quality and i think it kind of builds your senses between being able to understand what you're hearing what's real what's not what's a normal noise what's not so i think it's good training for people mm -hmm. to maybe have to work through some of that 
you know, with their team or their people they're investigating with. You could yeah. take real quick before you go into that EVP. Um, my first EVP that I recorded was with um, a digital camera. I hit the record on it and I was at a movie set filming and I was in the, I was in the water treatment plant and I had downtime and I was the only one in the, in the dressing room. So I started to walk around the treatment plant and it's dark, it's creepy. It's got these big tanks in there. And I'm like, I got my camera going, I'm taking pictures. And I stopped and I hit record and I said, I'm gonna try an EVP. I said, um, do you want me to stop? I, something like, do you want me to stop ghost hunting or asking questions? And I left it at that and I didn't think anything of it. And then I went back and I was watching the recordings. But when I was talking, I got an answer on the, on the video of the digital camera, which was, you know, kind of weird in itself. It told me, yes, it doesn't want me to ask any more questions, but that was a camera. So, I mean, you could do it. You, you like you said, you can tune yourself into certain things. And I think the rougher things are, the harder you have to listen. It, yeah. it really does yeah. attune, you know, puts you in that right space to listen. And you made a good point. I think it's important to think about too that if you say, um, if you give me a response and you want me to leave right now, that's what I'll do. Then you have to do those things. Yeah, you know and you know what I did. Yeah. So if you say, you know, tell me right now if you want me to leave, and you get a response and it says yes, then you have to pick up and go. You what? can't. It's just proving that they're there. Questions. It's proven that they're there. <laughs> So this is an example of a hack shack. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to talk more about this. We'll do a whole episode just on the hack. Um, but we wanted to just give you an example because it does kind of fall into the realm of EVP. So you're going to hear uh, Cheryl, one of our investigators, she's basically using the hack. You're going to hear a clicking that goes on in the background. Um, and then you're going to hear a response. So we'll play it one more time, just so you catch it if you didn't get it the first time. So that's probably one of our favorite um, hack EVPs. Yeah. But it's very clear that there is a voice that says, uh, there's no one here right now. No, no one wanted to talk to us. <laughs> that you cannot get any easier. <laughs> it's like, wow. And we heard it live, yep. you know, and then it was recorded. So, but th those are the things that go on with the, the EVPs. It's just, it's such an amazing, simple tool. So again, we are doing our whole month of October with spooky, scary things. We hope that you enjoyed the EVP show tonight. Ghosts. If you, Demons. yes, ghosts. So we're going to be doing movies versus reality. We're going to be doing a whole show on exorcism and possession. Finally, the demons. Can we do an exorcism live? You might have some demons. We might need to exorcise <laughs> your demons. We could. There's a I'll Skype. bring them that night. There's a Skype exorcist we can get a hold of. There so, is. Yeah. Yep. Do it through. Skype. He might be busy though. It's October. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, um, you know, we want to thank everyone for listening. Beyond Borders, Paranormal Radio, Tuesdays at eight o'clock. And if you want to get a hold of us and you have any questions, comments, things you want to share, if you have EVPs you've taken and want us to give them a listen, send them on over to us at parababblepodcast at gmail .com Yep. Or um, hit us up on Facebook. Yes. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.